Good morning. One of the terrible things about Prairie View is that when you have good teachers like Ben, like Joshua, and you get tapped to come up here, it's like, really? I have to follow these guys? So, for the first time in two-ish plus years, I believe, it's been, I appreciate it's not a holiday weekend, but Ben took vacation, a well-deserved vacation, wanted some time off. We as elders gladly do that. Unfortunately for y'all, you got me. <laughs> Thank you, Kellen. So, today we're going to talk about the nature of sacrifice. The subtitle on that is a verb, not a noun, which we'll parse into. But as anybody that does public speaking knows, you're supposed to do something that grabs the attention, gets people on in there. I was talking to Jeremy, and Jeremy was like, how about you come in, boxer trunks, a robe on, lights dim. We've got these lights where you can flash, big announcer track, come in and announce you, come up here, stand up here, rip the robe off, and let's talk about sacrifice. Mary said no. So you're, you're avoided with that, and even though Lily isn't here, she would probably climb underneath the rock. But to kind of to bring it together, and in honor of the uh, fantasy football we're going to do, I do have a little story for you. A little while ago, four football fans went rock climbing together. There was a Bears fan, a Packers fan, a Patriots fan, and a Colt fan. And all the way up the mountain, they were arguing back and forth. Who's the better team? Who loves their team more? Who was the most die-hard fan? They got to the top of the mountain. The argument's still going on. The Bears fan looks at the other three says, you know what? I am the most diehard fan. This is for the Chicago Bears. And he promptly throws himself off the cliff. Well, not to be outdone, the Packers fan jumps up and says, I'm a better fan. Takes a running jump, leaps farther out, and goes on down. Refusing to be outdone by the Bears and Packers fans, the Colts fan rose to his feet and said, I do this for the Indianapolis Colts. Picked up the Patriots fan and threw him off. <laughs> anyway. We're going to talk about sacrifice today. This topic could be an entire sermon series. I want to emphasize this is about a 30,000 foot look at, as I have looked through sacrifice, what's kind of, what it means to me, what I want to share with you. Again, we're not going to drill down. We could do each subtopic and hear a whole series on. But instead, I want to talk about why sacrifice is not just a noun, it is a verb, it's an action, not a thing. Well, as you can see on this next slide, one of the first experiences I got with sacrifice was, this was a card given to me when I was working at the hospital. It's kind of hard to see, but it says sacrifice. All we ask here is that you give us your heart. It's from despair.com, Demotivator. It's for those of us that have a slightly sarcastic bent. It was really good. I actually bought a set of those cards. I'd give them to the people underneath me periodically as a little reminder when things got tough. But, you know... People see this and think that's what sacrifice is about. If you actually Google meaning of sacrifice, there are 10,000 quotes out there. I could spend the next 30 minutes going through each quote. Instead, I have a couple that really struck me, and not in a good way necessarily. Some seemed okay, but that I want to... It's what you'll find out there in the community. One was from John Osborne, and he was an English playwright and a screen actor, and he was known to push against society to try to break down um, they said critical stances towards the established societal norms he said the whole point of sacrifice is that you give up something you never really wanted in the first place people are doing it around you all the time they give up their careers say their beliefs or even sex 
what he was saying was sacrifice is something that you just you don't want it anyway so you can give it up obviously i disagree with that but believe it or not it was one of the most popular quotes out there Napoleon Hill, he was an American author back in the 1900s, was part of the New Thought Movement. Uh, one of the original career success type writers wrote, Great achievement is usually born of great sacrifice and is never the result of selfishness. There's some parts in here I like. Sacrifice is not selfish. True. Great achievement born of great sacrifice. I can agree with that, but as we go through this message, I want you to see it's more than that. That's a good saying, and, you know, I agree that selfishness is not part of sacrifice, but that's not what sacrifice is about. A Mormon missionary known as Elder Cloward, um, he's actually alive today, he's over in India, said, The key to faith is what we are willing to sacrifice to obtain it. For those of you that know me, you know that my life verse is Hebrews 11.1. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not being seen. So anytime I see a verse or a saying with faith in it, I, I really look hard at it. And I'm like, is the key to my faith my willingness to sacrifice? I don't think so. My faith is based upon my faith in God. I'm not sure I agree with this. I think I know what he was trying to say, that you have to be willing to sacrifice to demonstrate your faith. But that's not what faith's about for me. Another Mormon who was actually the uh, Secretary of Agriculture at Eisenhower by the name of Ezra Taft Benson said, Sacrifice is truly the crowning test of the gospel. Men are tried and tested in this mortal probation to see if they will put first in their lives the kingdom of God. This one I liked. Um, you know, sacrifice, crowning test of the gospel. It's a verb. What is sacrifice? What does it mean to sacrifice? You know, put first in their lives the kingdom of God. That fits in, but then the question comes up, what does it mean to sacrifice? If Mr. Benson is saying sacrifice is truly the crowning test of the gospel, what does the sacrifice mean? Well, as with other sermons, I always go to the dictionary when we have terms out there. We're going to start with the noun sacrifice. Um, In honor of baseball season and Ben and his Reds that aren't quite as good as the Cubs right now, a bunted ball that puts the batter out but allows the base runner runners to advance. Sacrifice bunt, sacrifice fly, like that. Obviously, in the Christian church, we aren't talking about that noun. An animal, person, or object offered in a sacrifice. We see that biblically. Old Testament, uh, Abraham lays his son to sacrifice him and instead grabs the ram. God calls for sacrifices. That's the physical object given or sacrificed to God or to God's if you're not Christian. And another one, and this ties into the verse we're going to talk about a little bit, an act, so a noun, an act of slaughtering an animal or a person or surrendering a possession as an offering to God or to a divine or supernatural figure. So the act of sacrifice, that's a noun. It's the act, but I still say there's a verb out there. And the Oxford Dictionary says, The verb is giving up something valued for the sake of something else regarded as more important or worthy. Giving up something of value, something of value to you for something you consider more important. That, that's a nice verb. That kind of trends into sacrifice. But I think as Christians, it's even more than that. There's more components to that. And we'll discuss three of them here in a little bit. Verses we're in today. Matthew 19:16 through 22. 
I was not as prepared as Ben. I can't tell you what pages there are on the Bibles in the chair in front of you. If you have a Bible, turn to Matthew. If you don't have a Bible, there are Bibles in the chair in front of you. And if you don't have one at all when you leave, please grab one from the welcome desk, take it with you. We want everybody to have God's word. So in Matthew, and behold, a man came up to him saying, Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? And he said to him, Why do you ask me about what is good? There is only one who is good. If you would enter life, keep the commandments. He said to him, which ones? And Jesus said, you shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother. And you shall honor your neighbor. Or excuse me, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, all these I have kept. What do I still lack? Jesus said to him, if you would be perfect, go sell what you possess and give it to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. Historically, when we look at this section of verses, I think everybody's focused on the noun, the act of sell your possessions and give it to the poor. And there is no doubt about it. It says he was sorrowful for he had great possessions. But I think one that's at least in my experience has been overlooked is the next part of that and come follow me. I think that was at least, if not more critical, that Jesus was saying to this rich young ruler, this rich young man, you know, the sacrifice was come and follow me. That was his action. So if we're going to talk about sacrifice, what does to sacrifice the verb mean? Well, to me, this is Carl Pafford. To sacrifice means willingly doing something for others that comes with a personal cost. Three parts of it, willing, for others, and personal cost. I did Google it. Nobody else has it out there. I'm not stealing from anybody, so I don't have to credit it. But when I was doing the study, these three things really hit me as important. Well, we're going to come to a little piece here where, unfortunately, unlike the old PowerPoint, I made some corrections last night to shorten it down because Nancy reminded me it is Kids Sunday, and the kids don't necessarily want a 45, 50-minute sermon. Some of the slides here may not match exactly what I say because I cut some points out. I apologize now. This will be one of them. (laughs) So the first point is willingly given. So the two points I want to really dive into a little bit are completely given and form of worship. Based in love. It is based in love. There is no doubt about it. We could find many, many verses about that. But when it comes to completely given, in James, verse 1 Excuse me. Chapter one, verse 17. Every good and perfect gift is from above coming down from the father of heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. If every gift we have, whether it's physical, it's a talent, emotional, whatever that gift is, is given from God. James talks about right there. Why would we give half gifts? A sacrifice is not about giving a half gift. A sacrifice is about completely giving everything we have to that. It's something that you can't be coerced into, willingly given. If somebody comes up to you, holds a gun to your head and says, give me your car, that's not a sacrifice. However, if you turn around and see a need and give somebody your car willingly, that would make part of the criteria for sacrifice depending on the next two parts so a sacrifice must be completely and willingly given 
Second, I truly believe it's a form of worship. Matthew 6, 1 states, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Pastor Scott Kircher at Hickory Creek Community Church said, quoting him, when I make sacrifices to help accomplish the Lord's will ahead of my own desires, I say that God's will is more important, worth more that my will or desires, excuse me, than my will or desires. That is a form of worship. Matthew twenty two thirty seven says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, your total being. So as a form of worship, and if we as Christians, our Christian walk is not separate from our daily walk, and we're called to do all things as unto the Lord, it is a form of worship to willingly give. This is point often where you hear things about giving money to the church and things like that. I'm not diving down that level. We're 30,000 feet here, folks. But to completely give something as a form of worship to God, you need that to sacrifice. Next segment, for others. First thing is, again, it's selfless. And I did like that quote talking about through selflessness, but Galatians 5.13 You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge in the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. You can't sacrifice for yourself. We hear that term out there all the time. When you listen to people talk about, oh, it was a sacrifice for me to do this. I sacrificed for myself. You can't sacrifice for yourself. You sacrifice for others. Talk about it in Galatians. We're charged serve one another. A sacrifice is for others. In addition, it must serve a greater cause. You know, when you sit there and you sacrifice and you're like, oh, a great example I heard, and I won't mention names, was when one foundation got a multi-million dollar donation. What a great thing, helping this foundation out. What didn't make the news was, well, they actually gave the equivalent amount of money back to the foundation of the organization that gave them that money. That was just a swap. That wasn't a sacrifice. The books still looked the same. Were they serving a greater cause with that? They could have kept the money in and done that. A greater cause is something beyond you, beyond yourself. So when you're serving others, serve the greater cause and be selfless about it. Finally, there's a cost. Um, and this cost... It's demanding. There is no doubt about it. And again, you can thank Nancy, those of you with children in here, because I had a really good video on the cost of sacrifice. Little intense for the kids. And if she had not sent me that email, at this point I would be having a video that you would then be trying to explain to the kids or we would have had to have asked them to leave. The bottom line, sacrifice is very demanding. I believe some of you have heard about it before, but I want to bring the story up again about the four chaplains in World War II. Rabbi Alexander Good, Reverend George Fox, Reverend Clark Poling, and Father John Washington. They were all chaplains, the U.S. Army. They were on the ISS Dorchester, which was a troop transport in 1943, was going over to fight the war. They went through the U-boat zones. They got torpedoed. And as the boat was sinking, they gave their gloves their coats, their life vests, everything to people. And at the end, we're heard singing hymns as the boat went down. You could say, well, it was their job. It's not their job to do that. They did it out of love for God. Very demanding sacrifice that they had. In Luke chapter 14, 23 to 27, 
Large crowds were traveling with Jesus, and he turned to them and said, If anyone comes to me and does not hate their father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. You want to talk about demanding. Just a couple verses ago, we talked about how the young ruler was told, you know, to honor your mother and father. Yet here Jesus is saying you must hate them. Well, the demand being put on was you must place Christ first. That's what Jesus was saying in everything. And to be my disciple, to be a disciple with him, meant to carry his cross. Ultimate demand to forsake everything for him. And also, the cost must matter personally to you. Mark 12, 41 through 44. And he sat down opposite the treasury and watched the people putting money into the offering box. Many rich people put in large sums, and a poor widow came and put two copper coins, which make a penny. And he called his disciples to him and said, Truly I say to you, this widow has put more than all those who are contributing to the offering box, for they contributed out of their abundance. But she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. Again, you win the lottery and you pay off the church mortgage. We'll take it. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I'd be happy to do that, leaving aside the whole gambling thing, you know. But is that a sacrifice? I would tell you no. You're not giving out of like the widow, what she was living on, you received a blessing and you're passing on a blessing. That's a blessing. That's not a sacrifice. Personal cost is something that costs you. We're saying money there, but what about actions? What about decisions you make? Career, family, who knows what it may be. If it's not costing you personally, I argue that it's not true biblical sacrifice. Okay, one of the things in this... um, in our core verse that came up as we talk about the young ruler. I've always wondered what happened. And then in researching this, I actually found a video clip put out by the skit guys that talks about a portrayal of what might have happened to this young ruler. It talks about sacrifice in a way, and I want to discuss a little bit before we kind of wrap things up and bring it back into talking about sacrifice. If you could have the video, please. No, just move my appointments. I'm running late. No, I'll explain it when I get there. Yeah, yeah, I'm frustrated. What, what else do you want me to say? right now talking about uh, how it's easier for a camel to get through an eye of a needle than it is for a rich man to get in heaven. We don't know what he's talking about. Do you mind just going back down and explain whatever you guys are talking about? Huh? I'm not interested. No, no, no. no I, I am. I'm just telling you. Peter. Hey, that's enough. How'd you know my name? Everybody knows Peter. Everybody knows the disciple that, uh, that walked on water. I did. I walked on water. It was the most amazing thing. And how you fell in the water. Concentrate on the first part of the story. That's the best part. I walked on water. It was amazing. I walked on water. Anyway, listen. 
I'm not interested. Thank you. What do you mean you're not interested? You were there. You asked him, what should you do to inherit eternal life? And then you, like, turned away. None of us got it. I mean, most people, like, accept what he has to I say. came to help him. I wanted to come help this guy. I believed in everything that he stood for. I thought I'd get on his team and help him out. I'd go and talk to him. He asked me, am I doing all these things? I'm doing everything that he asked. And then he says, I'm not good enough. i got to go do something else. Give up everything to follow him? No, 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 no. No, no, that's not going to happen. No, but you, you, you don't understand. I mean, I mean, it, it is so worth it. I mean, I don't know what he's told you to give up. But all of us, all of us have given up something. I mean, you could talk to any one of us. We've all given up something. You've given up what? You've given up what? What'd you do before you followed him? I was a fisherman. You were a fisherman. So you gave up long hours, rough hands, smelling like a dumpster behind a long John Silver's. That's what you gave up. Do you understand who I am? Do you understand what I have? Do you know how you get these kind of things? Yeah, I understand that you, you, you look like you're a real important person oh. every day, okay? No, no, it's not about being important. I'm a good person. I'm a good man. Right. And I was going to help him. Right. The road to hell is paved with good intentions. Yeah, I know it. I know it all. And he decides that he's going to make the rules. No, no, no. I'm the one who decides the terms. I'm the one who makes those kind of decisions. What's, what's so valuable that you're holding on to? What is it? I mean, I, look, I don't know what he asked you. If I can tell you this, that's just Jesus. I mean, he looks into people's eyes and he knows what they got to give up. Everybody holds on to something. Come on, just come back with me, okay? We can work it out. We can talk this out. If you don't have a chance, how do any of us have a chance? Come on. I can't. No, no, you can't. Listen to me. No. Okay, maybe, maybe I didn't present the case well enough here. Come on, you could just come back. No. You bought into the lie. Bought into the lie. So, this is their portrayal of what could have happened biblically it doesn't back it up but i think it does bring up a couple points but that final tagline there you know you bought into the lie we talk about sacrifice what is the lie i think we could come up with many different things a couple hit me um the first is you know the lie that jesus need needed his sacrifice needs our sacrifice jesus doesn't need our sacrifice did you catch that he goes i was going to help jesus i was going to help him that's a lie. Our sacrifice is not to help Jesus. Our sacrifice is about us living a life for Jesus. Another lie that I thought was out there is, you know, we're told we, he, is not to live in that life. You know, to be thinking eternally. But he sat there and he talked about, do you know who I am? What I've done? He, was gonna sacri- he wasn't willing to sacrifice what he was in this life. You know, First Peter 2.11, Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. He had the sinful desires, but you know, we're to be foreigners, exiles, strangers and aliens. We're to be part of that. He wasn't with that. And when we asked to sacrifice, to come follow me, he had trouble with it. And the third one, which wasn't up there, was, you know, I cut it out, but I'll talk about it. We got time. 
We were early. This life was about him. Again, this life is about eternity. We're here, but we're to focus on eternity. Time and time again, we've had sermons on this, to think eternally, to focus eternally. He wasn't thinking eternally. He was thinking about here and now, right now, this life and what it means. But I'm sure there are other lies out there, and if you parse this through, you can come up with some others. But those were the three that really hit me. So if we use my definition, willingly doing something for others that comes with a personal cost, let's look at this rich young man. Want to look at a a non-biblical example. And of course, then, as Ben said, we are a Christian church and we do talk about Christ gladly and willingly from up here. And let's talk about Christ's sacrifice when we use my definition. When you look at the rich young man, willingly given, in verse 22, it said, The young man heard this and he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. He didn't willing, he didn't give anything, let alone willing. He, eh, number one's done. Done for others. There in uh, chapter, or verse 21, Jesus said to him, If you would be perfect, go and sell what you possess and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. Again, you'd think, well, that noun... Give to the poor, sell it all. That'd be used for others. That's true. But also, in following Jesus, you serve others. Jesus is not about serving you. It's about serving others when you follow him. And I believe that's Jesus was talking about. Come follow me to help serve others. That one, he didn't make the grade on either. Comes with personal cost. Again, in 21, he was told to give everything up. But also to give up his current life and lifestyle. To follow Jesus. In that skit there, did you catch? I couldn't tell. There was a lot of bass up here. I didn't know if the bass was going out there. That he said, oh, great, you're a fisherman. You know, you gave up long hours, rough hands, and smelling like a Long John Silver's dumpster. You know, in his mind, for him, his personal cost was giving up who he felt he was. He didn't see himself as a creation in Christ. He saw himself as the rich young ruler who had done all this for himself. He was 0 for 3 on the Pafford scale. It's coming close to 9-11, which I've learned recently is often called Patriot Day now. Calendars are starting to call it Patriot Day. Well, as we get closer to this, we're going to see more and more things on TV reminding us about what happened. And one of the things in there was Flight 93 when it talks about sacrifice. I'm going to read a quick summary of Flight 93 from HistoryChannel.com, but that they put together in honor of this. And let's compare to those three uh, steps that we have. Huddled in the back of the plane, the passengers and crew of Flight 93 made a series of calls on their cell phones and the in-flight air phones, informing family members and officials on the ground of the plane's hijacking. When they learned the fate of the three other hijacked flights in New York City and Washington, D.C., the passengers realized that their plane was involved in a larger terrorist plot and would likely be used to carry out further attacks on U.S. soil. After a brief discussion, a vote was taken, and the passengers decided to fight back against their hijackers. Informing several people on the ground of their plans, one of the passengers, Thomas Burnett Jr., told his wife over the phone, I know we're all going to die. There's three of us who are going to do something about it. I love you, honey. Another passenger, Todd Beamer, was heard over an open line saying, you guys ready? Let's roll. Sandy Bradshaw, a flight attendant, called her husband and explained that she had slipped into the galley and was filling pitchers with boiling water. Her last words to him were, everyone's running first class. I got to go by. Okay. Willingly given. I think Thomas Burnett Jr. said it well. 
I know we're all going to die. There's three of us who are going to do something about it. Done for others? Absolutely. They didn't know the people on the ground. They assumed other people were going to die. They knew they were. Gave themselves for others. Comes with a cost. This plane plowed in the ground at 530 miles an hour, upside down. They found that box buried 25 feet below with the flight recorder. Yeah, there was a cost to their lives. Biblical example, I know there were Christians on there from the stories and stuff, but it was definitely a sacrifice by my criteria. Finally, Jesus Christ himself, our Lord and Savior, willingly given John 10, 17 and 18. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have the authority to lay it down. I have the authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my father. It was willingly given. He says right there. It was his choice. He was charged by the father. His willing choice. And he chose to lay down his life. To be raised again. Resurrected for us. Done for others. 1 Timothy 1.15 The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. That Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I'm foremost. He died for all sinners. We're all sinners, folks. I think everybody here probably realizes that and has heard it time and time again from this pulpit and others. But we're all sinners. Jesus came to die for us 2,000 years later and for everybody. Done for others? Check. Comes with a personal cost. 1 John 3.16. Not John 3.16. 1 John 3.16. By this we know love. That he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. He laid down his life, personal cost. And as Terry said last week in his communion meditation, as he hung on the cross, God turned his face away from him. He had all these sins on his shoulders, and his father turned away from him because of the sin until the process was complete. Christ meet criteria for sacrifice? Absolutely, he does. So we talk about these sacrifices, and when you use the words out there and you hear them coming up with 9-11 and other things, I would encourage you to maybe my three little 30,000 feet checkbox don't quite register with you as a sacrifice. I think they're pretty good, obviously. I preached it. But um, what is your sacrifice? I will tell you, biblically, everybody will have sacrifices to make if they haven't already. And we talk about sometimes, well... My sacrifice for Christ and sacrifices in the life. Remember, in our Christian walk, we're to serve Christ in all we do. So any sacrifice you make is for Christ, even if it has earthly importance. When we're called, will you be willing? Go willingly. It's not a, you know, the husband or wife tells you to do it, the job makes you do it. That's not a sacrifice if you have to do it for something. Are you willing when that time of sacrifice comes to do it? Will it serve others? A sacrifice for yourself isn't a sacrifice. It's serving others that makes it that sacrifice. And are you willing to take that personal cost? Whatever it is, it's going to cost you personally when you sacrifice. I believe that firmly. It may cost. If it doesn't cost you personally, you're not sacrificing. That sacrifice may be something like that rich young ruler where he came in and come follow me. Maybe it's a sacrifice where you don't do what you think you should be doing. That's your sacrifice that meets the criteria. Maybe it involves material things. Maybe it involves something more personal. Who knows what it's going to be? Everybody is going to have sacrifices in this life. The question is, 
What are you going to do about it? Only you can answer it for you. And it's not an easy question. But I hope when the time comes and you realize where it is, that you can sort through, biblically, do what you're called to do. Here in a little bit, the band's going to come back up and we're going to play our closing song. When we do that, there's going to be leadership on the side, elders. If you want to talk about sacrifice, you want to talk about who you are with Christ, maybe you have questions about your walk. We encourage you to come talk to us, pray with us. Ben's available. You know, our whole staff is. Some music plays and they're over there. Please go over there and talk to them. Would you pray with me, please? Father God, Lord, thank you so much for this life that you've given each and every one of us. And Lord, we know that your son sacrificed for us and not just for this world here that we're on, but for eternity, Lord. And when we we look at what we're called to do, whether it's be like the rich young ruler and follow along or another sacrifice in our life, Lord, I pray we would turn to you for the guidance. Lord, that we know that it's something that we are called to willingly do, not that we'll be forced, something to serve you and to serve others, as the Bible says we're to do. And Lord, even though it has personal costs, that we would be joyful as Paul was time and time again for the sacrifices that he made and what it did for him. God, thank you for your love, for your son. And Lord, we just ask that you would be with us, not just now in our time and sacrifice, but each and every day. It's in your name we pray. Amen.